Hey, hey, it's Dr. Lisa, and it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I give a shit. I really do. You know what uh, I did last night? I uh, sat with this sign that said, I'm scared, uh, please help, uh, as a performance in a gallery. And I had some really amazing conversations. And I realized how, um, you know, what I was trying to do is get people to just go out there and just say, hey, I feel scared. Because I think to some degree, whether... um, whether you're personally, you know, whether you things, think things are going in the right direction, the wrong direction, we're in a time of upheaval and change. And uh, we, we, we do have a new president coming in. Uh, we don't know exactly how it's going to work out. And no matter what your feelings about that, good, bad, and different, even it's, it's scary. So I just want to put it out there that um, we'll all be doing ourselves a service just by saying, yeah, it's scary and that's okay. And we're going to stick together on this. Anyway, before I take up any more time, I am really excited to introduce you to my guest patient today. I'm very, Hello. very thrilled to have Tuke Endo. Did it's I say your last name? <laughs> no, right? It's a uh, Tuke Edelo. Edelo. Yeah. Edelo. Yeah. I always screw up the names. So any of my listeners know that, uh, I script the names. But uh, anyway, Tuke is um, one of our hosts here on Who Will Save the World. What Would Save the World. What Would Save the <laughs> World, because she's going to save the world. And What Would Save the World, and it's Radio Free Brooklyn, the best radio station in the Western Hemisphere and most <laughs> of the Eastern Hemisphere, too. And um, thanks for listening. And um, if you, you know, you should donate to our Patreon all you have to do is go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com and on the homepage, you could donate like a dollar a month and you could be part of our fabulous community. And we would, we, we love you and we want you to join yes. us. So Tuke is a extremely interesting person. Oh. I have an impression of Tuke because since she's part of the radio station, that's how I've met her, have, only known her a fairly brief time, maybe less than a year. Yeah, I think so. And um, I've always found her to be a fascinating, charismatic personality. Whoa. Uh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> but I uh, today is the first day that I'm going to really get into being in-depth with her, and I'm really appreciative that she came on my show today. But one thing, so I did a little research on you, Tuke. <laughs> and I found out uh, some interesting things. I read your uh, blog. Oh, you haven't posted there in a while, oh, not since 2015. One. I have a new one now. Oh, really? What yeah, is it? It's, I mean, it's what would save the world. Wordpress.com. Oh, I based mean, on the, your show. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, ramblings, questions about politics. How do we not be privatized? How do we not? How do we get? away from the private versus state thing because it's just a mess. It doesn't, neither of them work, obviously. 
Yeah. Well, uh, so anyway, so what do you, how do you feel about all that personal stuff that you wrote in 2015? Is that still, is that still relevant? Should, I don't know should what we, I wrote. All, all the right. stuff about polyamory. Well, and and uh, you wrote about something that was traumatic for you? Oh, we can talk about all that. Oh, yeah. all right. Oh, I'm a PTSD okay. ball of butter. You are, right? Oh, yeah, I have a lot of PTSD. So I was wondering about that. I thought that might be a good topic today. But um, the thing, the thing that really impressed me about you, Tuke, is that, um, Although I do have a very positive impression of you, and certainly um, I'm referred to often as a free spirit, but I think you take that to like a completely different <laughs> level. Thank you. Um, which makes me feel real normal, which is, I appreciate that sometimes. <laughs> but um, the thing that really impressed me too, actually, is um, the questions and your to be honest, your intelligence, your awareness, and your articulation, and you're like a pretty young woman. How old are you? I'm 24. And how the hell does somebody like, you guys should really listen to this show because um, I'm just really, I mean, I, I meet a lot of young people. I mean, <laughs> but Tuke is really um, very, I mean, you've lived a lot. You've lived on communes. Right, a lot of mm-hmm. di- you've had like a lot of huge experiences. A lot of hum. Did I tell you I don't look at people when I talk on the show? Oh, I don't care. Okay, well, I just want you to know that it's not personal that I'm not looking at. Uh, you. I'm not. Oh, I'm because so that's offended. like a therapy thing. I'm, I'm like so offended and angry. Right no, no, now. I <laughs> just I just want to call that out so we're chill. Yeah, for sure. Because oh, I'm totally starting chill. to feel self conscious about it oh, myself. Then I, then I won't look at you either. I'll look. Okay. Over the, yeah. Hey, the don't t- don't bother. I'll look at there's a bunch of cat pictures in the in the studio yeah look at the tiger beat poster <laughs> oh by the way if you guys look at the po- look at the call-in number call in if you want we're because this is going to get really good i promise you so call in at 718-928-9732 that's right radio free brooklyn uh so anyway bottom line is uh two has obviously had a lot of experiences living on communes and traveling around America, around the world. Around America. I haven't left the country. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm one of those brats. Mm -hmm. So she's had a lot of real life experiences and she, she is pretty not afraid. There's not a lot of fear coming off of her. I used to not be afraid. I have a feeling. Yeah. Like my first impression of you is that you could be confrontational not i mean from listening to the to your shows i think that you have great heart but i do think like i was there's a little there's a you you put out a little or put out a little fear for me i'm very antagonistic are you okay i mean i don't i don't i'm not antagonistic i I don't know what i'm reactionary antagonist right you don't use you do you invite um do you invite conflict? Um, I'm not you're not sure. afraid of it, or do you invite it? I'm not it? sure. I think I invite a certain kind of conflict. I think I'm definitely, I definitely got it out for like broy spiritual dudes, like mm-hmm. these like dudes. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm talking about? Sure, these of course. Guys who are like, well, white. you don't like libertarians. We found that out. Uh, I mean, I dated a couple of them. I can see it. I dated you. Actually, reminded me, I dated a libertarian. And the libertarian really had it out for homeless people, and that may, used to make me mad because I think that they're just um, mentally ill people that can't function. There are so many different kinds of homeless yeah, people. Yeah, true. I mean, I'm saying like, I 
was homeless by choice, which is a very privileged decision when I was 19. However, I think that when I did that, it taught me a lot about homelessness. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people who are mentally ill. There's a lot of people who the home thing doesn't work. They want to be nomadic. And I think that, I I think that that's actually very unlibertarian of him because libertarianism actually is about liberty and freedom to do whatever you want in this idea of a free market. So it's very like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of libertarians in America are extremely hypocritical. I think that libertarianism, it came actually from libertarian socialists, which is actually associated with anarchists, which Mm -hmm. is associated Mm -hmm. with no leaders Mm -hmm. and like absolute freedom and has a tendency to be non-capitalist. So here's something else. Here's something else that I didn't get a chance to tell you. I interrupt a lot. Oh, that's fine, too. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm interrupting here because I want to get to you. Yeah, I'm talking politics. (laughs) And um. Anyway, you're you're obviously somebody who's very. But how how the hell does somebody who's 24 get to be so? You're obviously intelligent, so let's just say you're educated. But how did you get to be so um, aware and all that? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Brooklyn. Really? I grew up in Carroll right. Gardens. And a yuppie family. I mean, nice parents. But what do your parents do? Uh, my parents are artists. My father is a, f- a freelance actor, caricature artist, and he used to do stand up in like the '90s. He still wow. he'll do it like for money at like you know random clubs sometimes, but right. not really. Um, my mother <laughs> is she has a a master's in directing, but she never really used it. But she runs a face paint face painting company oh my you, god really you, yeah if you google brooklyn face painter she's one of the first people who come up she's really oh my good. god and i work for her company sometimes and wow she, all her mom friends she got them she taught them how to do it and that's you know they run this business so does she do pretty well she does great she, she does all, really really well she makes all her money off of face painting wow. so i think what made me smart in like people sense like heart Mm -hmm. sense is uh my parents are not very political they're just not Mm -hmm. but my mother is like very giving and very like family oriented in Mm -hmm. the sense that like she'll hire my friends to like clean the house or she'll get my friends gigs face painting or she'll like she like let this girl live with her for a year who she found out was like being uh, verbally abused by her mother who was like in her like she was legal, legal age, was living with her mother, and her mother was, like, telling her she sucked and, like, she was fat mm. and ugly. And my mom was, like, let her live in my room while I was living down south. Wow. And then that's, you know, that's, like, So a they're pretty open. And are she they... voted fr- for Bernie Sanders, my mom. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. And do you have brothers or sisters? No, I'm an only child. So are you really close with your parents? Uh, do you see them a lot? I mean, I do. They live in Brooklyn. They still... I mean, I I would say I see them every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, I mean, we're, we're, we, we're close enough. I mean, yeah, you have a good rapport with them. Yeah. And where did you go to high school? Um, I went to Murrow High School in Brooklyn. I studied voice there. Um, mm-hmm. I took like two music classes uh, a, a semester or mm-hmm. a quarter. And then I actually started cutting school in junior year a lot, like a lot, a lot, because uh, mm-hmm. I feel like I was trained to think I was stupid in school because mm-hmm. uh, I just wanted to talk about like feminism all the time mm-hmm. and social studies and mm-hmm. then uh, every other class. I just wasn't interested. I don't know what my problem was. I'm still I'm like getting – I feel like I, the older I get, the more interested I am in the things that – you're interested yeah. in. Yeah, no, <laughs> in the things that I probably could have learned there that I just didn't, uh, I didn't take advantage of it. Um, I feel a little, like, bratty about that. Mm. Um, but I ended up switching to City As High School, mm-hmm. where I also think I didn't take advantage of my full opportunities. I just smoked, like, a ton of weed there. Mm. Uh, it's a transfer school, mostly for kids who smoke a ton of weed, and that's mm. why. But you take internships instead of classes. Oh. And, and classes. And that was mm-hmm. actually very cool. I studied, I went to a... Uh, Third World Newsreel, which is a 
social and race and that kind of like activist issues documentary distribution place. So mm-hmm. I was just doing their mailings and mm-hmm. watching documentaries all day, and that was cool. Wow, wow. So did you go to college? Uh, for a year, I went to St. Francis College, and I hated it, and I dropped out, and mm-hmm. then I, I dropped out and ran around the country with Occupy. That was like when I was just like, fuck it. I'm not good at school. I'm not doing this. So what did your parents, like, how do your parents manage all that? Like, what? what oh, my God. I, I mean, it would. I would be frightened oh, if mom, I was your mother. My mother was a mess. She was, she's like the classic Jewish mother with the anxiety and stuff. So what, what, I mean, what did you, what do you think your parents expected from you? Do you I think have that no they? Idea. I think do, they knew that I was crazy. And my mom always talks about how she has to write a book about how rebellious I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's obviously that you're bright and strong-willed. But are, were your parents? I mean, are did that? Did you have a lot of conflict with them? When I was a teenager, oh yes, I was like, "Mom, I don't want to be anything like you." I don't. I don't know what. It, I don't know what that. Was. I think my mother was very, very, very depressed growing up because mm-hmm. that's just sort of our family. Like, my grandfather was probably bipolar. I probably mm-hmm. – I got something. Um, right. So I think I saw that instability. I think also some of it was, like, sexism. What do you mean? Um, I feel like there's this, like, thing where I feel like we hate women who are emotional or we hate people who are emotional or women are allo- are given more room to be emotional than men. But I, th- I don't know. I feel like there's this, like, hatred of anything that's associated with feminine, the feminine that, like, mm-hmm. come, that seeps into social ev- everything. And I think when I was a teenager, you know, I wasn't aware of that aspect of society. So I think I was just angry at my mother. Do you feel like your mother, um, whatever, isn't feminist enough for your taste? Or no, what do you mean? No, that's not what I mean. What I mean is I think that I did not give her as much – I didn't give her enough room to be a person because she's a woman. Oh, you think that you were sort of like um, prejudiced against your mother? Yes. Ah, interesting. Or I think that a lot of people are prejudiced against other women. I think that women, you know, there's this yeah. whole thing where it's like you either get to be a slut or a girl next door. And that's not how I was yeah. looking at my mother. No, but I think Madonna like, whore. Yeah, not giving her a lot of space to like be a real person. I think that we put a lot of emotional uh, burden on women. And I think I probably did that when I was a teenager well, with my I, mother. I wonder if it was just you know, normal, like what, what, I mean, I remember my mother used to tell me when I was a little girl, um, my mother was a housewife and I used to say, I want to be some, something when I grow up, I don't want to be, I don't want to be nothing like you. Mm -hmm. And I didn't mean that in a mean way, but I meant it in a mean way. No, because I was too young, but I think that, I think there's a lot of natural rebellion. Was your father really, how about your dad? Is he like a What's his that? What what's their relationship like? Is it fairly traditional? Or they're married. They 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 get along enough. They yeah, fight, but I mean, but... is it like as far as the male female? I'm wondering why oh, no, the my... male female dynamic is so. Um, it seems. I mean, uh, there's a lot of reasons. It seems a little exaggerated, maybe, or why it's so. Maybe not exaggerated. It's a judgment, which I don't mean. Exaggerated but maybe it's... by what me? Yeah, it seems to be a sent. I mean, um, it seems to be a strong focus for you in some way. So um, I, don't, I actually think that my mother was the matriarch. I think she fucking ran. Yeah. I think she runs the house. I think my dad does not run the house. Um, but I mean, I guess 
what I'm saying is I think I was mean to my mother in terms of not wanting to be like her. And now at this point, I would be okay if I ended up a lot like her. Um, mm-hmm. But my father, I think, you know, people always say the parent that you think you're mad at when you get older, mm. it's, you're going to find out it's the other one. I mm-hmm. think it was my dad. I think my mother had a lot of anxiety. And I think my, the reason I was mad at my mother is because she projected a lot of anxiety onto me because mm. she had like a like a, an anxiety like episode when I was young. And like wait, project- wait, What do you mean by that? She, like, had something happen where she got, like, she had, like, a nervous breakdown and, like, mm-hmm. had to go get on meds. Some not, not, like, you know, get on, like, some antidepressants, which is How old were you? I was, I was like, a child. I was young. I was, like, were you, like, eight? I was, like, six or seven, I think. And was it upsetting? I don't remember. All I know is that after that, I think she projected a lot of, like, uh, what do you call it, hypochondria uh, onto me and thought I was sick a lot. So I think she thought oh, there was so – or thought she was like, oh, is, mm. it, is this – she would, like, be like, oh, is there something wrong with you there? Or something, da, 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 da. So I think that she – you know, it's because she loved me. Right. And she was just, like, really scared. And I think my dad didn't put up enough boundaries about that or didn't – Stick up. Didn't stick up for it. And sometimes he would, but then he would let her talk him, – him, she would talk him into it. So how did that manifest? Did she take you to the doctor too much she or – She took me to, like, a bone doctor once for, like, no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, and I mean, but I, I mean, was it like was she like a was there a, a version of hovering? Oh, my mom was totally hovering. I remember one time I, I did I was doing a bunch of LSD in high school, and I came home one day, and she kept like talking to me, and I was like, "Why won't you just let me be? Let me be? Let me." And that was my one of my major things. My mother wanted me too much. Oh, she, she was needy. She was needy. Yeah, my poor mommy. I feel bad. I feel, I no, really no, bad no, no. You know what? We're we're all good now. We're all good. You know. Um, uh, but, uh, no, I do feel bad we're for not. Her, though you still feel bad for her. No, I feel bad that that she was in that much pain, and I think that I don't know. I guess what I'm saying the the, the male female dynamic is not from my parents. I think I think it comes from knowing that my mother is a loud, assertive woman, and I am too, and the way society treats women who behave like that. Mm. I think yeah. that's why I'm like, oh, my poor mother. Because now I'm lucky because I grew up in this time where I can, I can be like that more and there's still a fight. But like back then, it was a little different. Um, does your father seem passive or dominated by your mother? He's passive, but he's he's gotten better. They did a bunch of therapy and shit when I was oh. younger. I mean, I mean, their therapist turned out to be like a like a quack. But I think that they, they always say that at the beginning she was very helpful. And then she kind of like had her own psychological problems that manifested. Right. So what happened when you started, like, I guess what happened was you started, you joined um, um, Occupy Wall Street Mm -hmm. and then you traveled with them. I traveled. I (laughs) you lived you lived in those stupid tents. They weren't. stupid. Sorry. (laughs) Why are you saying they're stupid? Um, Because the idea of because to me, like sleeping outside, I'm just. I'm just you saying, like, like libertarian ex. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not even judging anybody. I'm just saying, like, I would never do that ever. Like the idea of lying in the ground in public in man, middle of Manhattan. Like I went down to uh, Occupy Wall Street. I have some video. I went down there, interviewed people. I did psychotherapy. I brought my couch. I participated, but to me, I'm just saying my taste personally. The idea of like sleeping down there sounds horrible. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I didn't think it was I'm horrible. a lot older than you, but yeah. still, I would never have done that in my 20s. 
Well, that's a shame. <laughs> I mean, oh, t- now you're judging me. I mean, I mean, Interesting. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I am very, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I am a little bit judgmental of everybody who's my age and doesn't give a fuck about any of this. I'm a little bit like, what the hell is wrong with you? And like, maybe I, and I try to be like, you know, do your thing and be happy with your life. But I find it like a little bit like, do, do you really, are you really that white and privileged? Like, are you really, well, not you, but like. No, I get that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because when I was listening to your show i mean i agree with so many of your points i mean you're obviously a real a genuine activist right can we say that i mean yeah i think i don't act as much as i need to i think i talk more than i act and that's a problem but i also think i also want to clarify though when i say that i, I do think that occupy wall street had a lot of white privilege in it even with the people sleeping there oh yeah for sure out there and i probably was guilty of it myself no for sure i mean you know i mean all movements do and it, and it actually i mean i think it got a very important discussion started for whatever happened with it. or I think it had an important role. You know, I mean, Occupy Wall Street and all that. I mean, that 1% lingo, that wasn't even really a thing before. Yeah. Well, I think we also have, uh, what's his name to thank for that? Um, You know, the guy, why am I blanking on this? Was he the guy, uh, Matt Taibbi? No, no, the guy, the guy, the guy that ran for president. Oh, Bernie. No, the guy that ran for president who got caught saying 47% of those people don't even care. I don't know who that is. Romney, Mitt Romney. Uh, fuck Mitt Romney. Fuck Mitt Romney. We don't even, I can't even remember his name anymore. That's great. So anyway, back to like, so what did your mom do? Did she freak out or like, how did, like, when I can't, I, went, I, I can't went, imagine the discussion of how you explained that you were going to be sleeping in uh, lower Manhattan. So my mother was actually like semi-okay with me living there. She didn't like that I wasn't going to class. Um, she was okay with it because I was in, in school. I was at Wall Street. You know, I was there. Like she could find me. Mm-hmm. But what happened was is I got on a bus to go to Washington. I went to D.C. once for like a week. Mm-hmm. Then I came home. And like she knew about that and it was fine. Mm-hmm. And then I said, I'm going to D.C. for two weeks. I'll be back in two weeks. And I didn't come back for four months. I traveled like the country. And so and she lost it. She was so freaked out. What happened? Did she yell at you? Or I mean, we broke the phone. I mean, so she couldn't really. I was kind of like just texting. I'm here. I'm there. I'm there. And then like when my phone would die, I wouldn't call her for mm-hmm. a week. She was. It was. It was kind of fucked up. I wonder if some of that is based on um, all the pressure you felt for her from her being uh, overbearing Definitely. about your health. Was Definitely. she worried like that you were getting colds or like was it mostly physical illnesses? It was weird shit i mean it wasn't like all the time like she wasn't like uh munchausen syndrome whatever they call that yeah like, right by proxy. by proxy right it wasn't like anything like major it would be like oh i, mean, I do have like minor scoliosis so uh-huh. Just, like, i don't know she was like worried i had like a bone in my foot i think I, I don't even know but but she was she 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 projected a lot of anxiety yeah onto she you. was very protective like she had a hard time letting me have sleepovers at other people's houses even when like other kids were just like mom i'm sleeping at so-and-so's right. she, she had a harder time letting me go yeah well maybe um maybe there was some there it sounds like there might have been something that happened to her when she had she had some sort of breakdown or whatever yeah. So that's tough. That's a tough family dynamic. So are they cool with like your life now? Like you, oh, um, yeah. you perform a lot. You have this radio show. They loved when I moved to the commune because uh, they didn't know where I was all the time. 
Oh, I see. Yeah, I think that's what it, it was, that's all it was. It was like mm-hmm. if she had known where I was mm-hmm. every minute of every day, or like had to hold just her, wanted right. I, mean, I was like hopping freight trains right. with like bums and not calling her and like. I also think being an only child, just by nature, I think you get a little too much focus. It just happens. It's just you know part of part of that. It, it's likely to happen. I think that can be tough. Um, do you think you learned a lot about human nature? Do you think uh, living in communes, do you think that really changed you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you feel like you can, you, you see a lot more going on or how did it um, change I you? De- I definitely, I, I can't. Tolerant, more tolerant, less tolerant? Um, both in different ways. I think that I'm a little bit, I get, I get angrier at people who um submit to authority and not submit to authority what i what i mean by that is like okay so for example at radio free brooklyn like you know i mess up sometimes and forget to turn something off and whatever sure. but i hate when people just like assume it's somebody else's responsibility like there's a higher up who's going to take it, care of it for them i don't like people uh, who don't who don't take, take responsibility, responsibility for themselves like, yeah and i i mean I and fuck, their actions i, I fuck yeah. up sometimes i leave sure. it and i and i've been bad at that like when I, I messed up this commune thing in staten island and it wasn't i was not responsible but it's mm-hmm. like you know like just don't don't just like assume somebody else mm-hmm. is going to take care of it for you and mm-hmm. that's that's really a problem i ran into with the commune a lot when like kids from like college uh, from like college uh what do you call that like co-ops that had like yeah, an right. RA right. and just like you know we're almost like being commune babysit right 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 so i just want to remind everybody again that this is radio free brooklyn i'm trying to get in my three uh station ids yeah and i'm trying to work the minutes hard on this show you know you don't play music or anything i don't yeah. play music and also because i try to get in a meaningful conversation and it's hard to get the station id in but i i just i'm talking with Tuke on dr lisa gives a shit thanks for listening so let's talk about, let's do some therapy here. What do you say? Let's talk about what's, what's going on in your life. One of the things that um, I, I was going to bring up, but, you know, it's your session, so you let me know. But uh, <laughs> I read something in one of those um, posts that you wrote about how you had some trauma. And I wonder if there's some traumas or things that you haven't spoken about that are sort of, oh yeah, are they sort of like still haunt? You know, oh, yeah. affecting you personally. When I was in high school. I dated a man. His name is Connor Dawson. I'm very open about his name. I hate him. Connor, we hate you. I hate Connor Dawson. And it, yeah, stay out of the fucking city. You're not allowed here. Um, no, literally. Does I, he like, live here? No, I pretty much banned him from the city. Oh, good. Um, I really, I, I don't. Connor, I, go fuck yourself. Yeah, go fuck yourself. You, you little sociopathic piece of shit. Um, so I really, I really do think this kid is like a sociopath, and a lot of some, a lot of crazy shit happened with him. Like he was like really emotional abusive would call me stupid all the time wow like would write me these apology letters about how he was going to change his behavior and then he wouldn't and this is your boyfriend yeah they didn't for like years and we, tra- we wow. both were traveling around during occupy but like we weren't together at the time we broken up got back together da, 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 would shame me for my sexuality uh he mm-hmm. like he was really like psycho he thought he was the reincarnation how old were you i was uh this is from like 18 to 20 something or nine or to twenty, mm-hmm. he thought he was like the reincarnation of Siddhartha Gautama. Huge, huge egomania. Oh yeah, he's nuts. He's totally nuts. And then, you know, and then a lot of you know that nobody wants to believe you. That happens. You know, guys are like, oh, but Connor's so well spoken. By the way, you're not. Um, sorry, I always like to think that he's listening when I'm talking shit about him. Um, but uh, then he, my friend, uh, 
my friend, I'm not going to say her name because I, yeah. I, I don't hate yeah, her. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. she's not good at what she does, but she's not, I'm not going to out her. Yeah. Um, she like took him in. Who She was like my confidant when he was abusing me. Right. And she like took him in and was like, oh, he's changing. He's changing. Let him live on her couch so that I could not be part of the artistic community that was at her house. So this is like your boyfriend was abusive. And then is this like your best friend? Yeah. She was also became abusive. She was, well, she became, I, I consider it to be a uh, communal gaslighting. That's what I call it. Oh. Like, where, and then, you know, and she's very, like, she's a very charismatic cult leader personality. Right. So I think she convinced a lot of the other people, other women involved mm. that he had changed or that he was working on himself and they wanted to feel empathy. And I think a lot of those girls projected, like, their abusers onto him and then wanting their abusers to change. Wow. It sounds so, like a cycle, an ugly downward oh, spiral. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and then wow. I, every time I talk to her about it, she's like, I'm, I'm, I don't live in the country anymore. I'm, I'm tired of talking about this. I'm like, but you made this decision. And she kept being like, he's going to, she didn't do anything really radical with it. She should have read, so about, he moved she in with, read about restorative justice. Okay. So now he moved in with her and you kept in touch with both of them? Oh, I wasn't in touch with him. This was like years later. This was like this past year. Oh. And uh, it like brought up all this trauma and shit. Oh, I and see. And then it like almost like ruined my relationship with one of my really good friends who oh. was also friends with her who like has a lot of her own stuff. Well, let me like, just be clear. So he moved in with her this year? He moved in with her like within the past year or two. So this is somebody that and you... And then now they're not to... The, he moved back to like Maryland and, right. I, and I made sure the main right. activist place but there he got would in, ban him. But he got into your friend's life again and then he, therefore he was sort of in your life yeah, again? even though I didn't see him. And that's what she didn't understand. It was like he's like around, like he's near my friends. And like I believe that there's weird animalistic shit with scent. And people kept telling me I was crazy. But I, I believe that if my roommate went over there, she would smell like him or she would pick up on a vibe from him and come and bring it home. Well, that, yeah. No, but I mean, so he traumatized you. Have you oh. gotten over it? Um, I mean, I have a very, very sweet partner now, and we're very healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, he definitely traumatized me. I definitely, like, I'm like, he was, like, one of those spiritual guys. Like, I hate those guys. Like, whenever I meet one of those guys, like, I'm I'm an attack dog with him. How, like, how old is he? Is he Was he a lot age, older? He was age. your age. He's a fucking idiot. And I've made sure activist circles won't let him in. So I've basically ruined his life. Like, he, mm. he doesn't know who he fucked with. Um, mm. Mm. Um, but that's not the only thing. So that happened. And I get really were, angry th- about that. Yeah. I, try to, I try to, like, let it... I try to feel bad for him, but I have a really, yeah. hard, I have a really Compa- hard time. That is a good way to get over anger, really, though. I have a really hard time doing it because mm. so many people, like, defend him. And I literally, like... Mm, that's if he ever problem. shows up where I am, I might spit on him. Like, I might be like, I don't consider him a human being. And a lot of people think that's really terrible. And I think... That, that's, like, one of the only people I do... I feel that way about, though. It's right. Like, and it's so weird because then the other thing that happened is I was living on this commune. And, you know, communes are... Or the one that I lived on, people try to be very... Um, kind right you know they try to be very open and we had this guy who was at this like educational conference there at mm-hmm. one of the communes nearby and he mm-hmm. was like i want to help work on your new building and mm-hmm. he was very weird but we try to be open there like you know sometimes people come and they have weird beliefs but mm-hmm. other than that they're you know they're yeah they're right hybrid. so we tried to do that but i was like uh-uh this guy is like really crazy you got a bad vibe off i of mean him. i at first i was like oh there's nothing wrong he's like one of these traveling kid dudes who like thinks weird you know but then he like lit the house on fire in the middle of the night yeah i was gonna ask you about that yeah so that's what i that, want I'm, that's what really so me fire up. Like, can be really traumatic for a oh, lot scary. i talked to somebody last night when i was ca- ca- holding my you know uh i'm scared sign uh and i wound up having a conversation about them because their house burned down the guy his wife and their two kids and they had a nice house and now they live in the east village or something 
So what happened? So I think that I think that um, I've heard fire stories over the years, and I think there's something like especially traumatic about fire, not just the fact that you lost your house and all that. I, I think it's a very, house. very powerful experience, very horrible, powerful experience. I, I didn't lose my house. Well, what happened? Uh, so he tried to burn it down, and we called the fire department. I mean, it wasn't a very big fire, but he like poured diesel all over the floor. But what it was, the fact, I think for me, the, fa- the thing that was so scary about it was not that there was a fire. Like when I first woke up in the middle of the night with the house on fire. My first thought Wait, was... I'm sorry. Wait, we got to slow down. I got to get this. So okay, this so is the, a guy you're dating. No, this is a totally different story. Okay, but okay. this is... So this is... You're living... Where are you living? I'm wearing, living on a commune in, in down south. And who's this guy? So you're living in like a house on a farm with a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. We're, okay, so let me just tell the story. So... So this guy like went to one of the educational conferences at another commune in the area, mm-hmm. and he wanted to come to our commune and help us build up oh, our building. I got but it. But then we there's like a house that has like a bunch of bedrooms, and even if you don't have a bedroom in there, you might be sleeping with someone in there. No, no, no. Right, like, right. I was sleeping in my boyfriend's room, my, right. not the abusive one. Very nice guy. This right, guy. right. But so we wake up in the middle of the night, and he's like, "The house is on fire," and I go downstairs. You know, we all get out of the house, and I'm thinking some idiot left the stove on. You know, like ah, oh, yeah, stuff. and that would have sucked. But I would have been far less traumatized, especially because no one got hurt. Um, I would have been far less traumatized than the fact it was a fucking arson. Like what? What did? What? What? What did happen? He poured diesel all over the floor, and uh, you know we have one of those stoves where you might have to light it or whatever. You mean a gas stove, like a regular old gas stove I with mean- a pilot? Yeah, you gotta like get one of the mm-hmm. little sparkers, or whatever. So he turned mm-hmm. on the gas without you know, and poured diesel on the floor, then lit a match and threw it. So you went downstairs to that? Yeah. And what was that like? I mean, I, you know, I just got it. I'm sorry. That's horrible. What was it like? I mean, it was just like a fire in the kitchen and we all went down. But luckily, it's a weird hippie house. So there's a ton of exits. So you guys all just ran out? We all ran out. Some people, we had to get a mattress and have them jump out from the second story. Oh, man. But nobody, nobody got seriously hurt. Somebody fainted. Um, out of the fear or because fear. of the fi- fear? How scary. I mean, we, you know, we all ran over to the little room. We have like one part of the farm where we're allowed to smoke cigarettes. Everybody ran over there, you know, wanted to smoke a cigarette. Well, we actually first all ran around with water buckets trying to put it out. Mm. And, and was that successful? I mean, the fire, I mean, it really did not. Uh, I mean, it affected the house, but the house is fine now. And we got it all fixed up and renovated. It's a nice new house. Uh, mm-hmm. In some ways, it's kind of funny because, like, we painted all the walls and it looks really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh. So, so how did you know it was this guy? Did you see him do it or well, what happened there? Well, we knew he there? was nuts. And he, we were trying to, we were trying to figure out what the hell to do with him because mm-hmm. he was really like, mm-hmm. he was like, we'd be like having a conversation about like another person who we were like, yeah, I don't know if we're going to accept them as a member. Like this is a whole process. You have to do, mm-hmm. like, really right. do yeah. And he's like, are you talking about me in code? <laughs> and uh, so he might have been schizophrenic. Oh, he's, def- he's very schizophrenic. schizophrenic. Oh, and, um, yeah. But he, and then he he was he was the only one not around. Mm-hmm. Then, oh, I see. And then he comes walking back on the farm mm. with like dirt in his hair and leaves so, everywhere. So no one was hurt, thankfully. Well, uh, physically. But the but the but was the was the house like seriously seriously ruined or it, no? Just, I mean, it was it, it was contained in one it room. Was sooty. We had to do a lot of so because we're talking about the trauma. So, um, what what did you feel after that, or like how did that affect you, oh do you emotionally? I was like in like shock. Like 
my boyfriend at the time, he had to move into my little weird like barn room mm-hmm. with his cat for like months until they Did you up. feel like um, that you were very unstable? Very. Because we had this other house on the farm that was very small and we were all living at it. We, we were all really, really cramped for space. Mm-hmm. And we also ran a business too that we, you know, thank fucking God our inventory didn't get ruined. Right. Um, luckily, you know, the fire did not reach the upstairs mm-hmm. where we store, we, we ran a seeds business. Um, didn't ruin all our seeds, uh, but it was, you know, it was really, really hard. We, we were running in it like, I don't even know how, I don't even remember how we did it. Was everybody really afraid of this guy, or like what happened afterwards? Was there oh a meeting God. about him, or like people? The, the police came, and mm-hmm. I had—I mean, the police were incompetent as all hell. I had to help them find his Facebook. I'm like, that's the first thing you do—you try to find somebody's Facebook. Um, and yeah, uh, they you know tried to look for evidence or whatever. And but then he he made a confession to somebody on the farm. He was like, "Oh, I, I, see. I did it, but it doesn't matter because they're all holograms anyway." <laughs> so the cops came and took him away. And uh, was like, that the last you saw of him? Yes, um, but he's in jail for like twenty three years or something. Yeah, and uh, well, he's dangerous. He is dangerous. I but I actually don't think he should be in prison. I think he needs to be in serious, serious psychiatric treatment. Um, I think that's true of a lot of people yeah. in prison. Yeah, definitely. that's our system. Definitely. But uh, I mean, Money. a lot of people were really scared. I mean, I think a lot of people are kind of over it now. But it it hit me really hard. Did anybody leave after that? Like, um, quit the commune? I mean, I left within the next did, year. So, uh, did that make you want to quit the commune? I think that that definitely is part. Do you think of it. it changed your life? Did, was that oh the last time you were in a commune? Oh no, I visit all the time. I'm friends. No, but was that the last time you wanted to live in a commune? No. I mean, I so still, it didn't cure you from that. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I believe that. I mean, I don't want to tell everybody what they should do, but if everybody lived on communes or like figured out living group housing, we would have less uh, energy problems. So I highly recommend you. Do yeah, that. I mean, there's so many. There's so many of those kinds of advice. I mean, there's a million things we could do. I agree, I and mean, that would be one of them yeah, for sure. But uh, I definitely, I still want to live on a commune. I just would rather live urban right now. So how did it? How did it affect you, though? How do you think it affected you? Like, oh, it would like haunted me. I uh, I would like see images. I I would like would shake at night and think about him. And then uh, I remember one time, like me and my boyfriend at the time were like walking around the farm, and like we like saw somebody walk, and we like freaked out. And it's like, why would we be so afraid that we saw somebody walk? Like, there's like thirty people here. Like, you know, I, like, mm-hmm. and that's like right off the main path. Like, do, why would somebody not be walking there? So do you do you feel do you, do you still feel the effects of it um, in a urban environment like this? Yes. If somebody talks about reptilians, I freak out. Reptilians? It, 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 How does rep- because the guy was one of those people I was always talking about aliens and like. Oh, if he's like a weird, schizophrenic yeah. type guy, so, will scare I mean, you. And I know people who talk about reptilians who are not violent people, uh-huh. and that's fine. But it's like a yellow flag for me. Uh-huh. Does that uh, affect your behavior on a day to day basis? Yes, I'm very like afraid what? of fire. I don't trust people very easily. Um, I used to get a lot more scared because my friend, my ex roommate, is a lot more open to people than I am. And actually, I think she's learned recently because our house in Staten Island she let all these fucking crazy people move in and they ruined mm-hmm. the whole thing and I moved mm-hmm. out uh, mm-hmm. so now I think she knows that you gotta be a little more careful but I'm way more cautious of people I'm afraid of fire I have like a little heater in my room that I unplug like crazy I can't mm-hmm. I barely use it because mm-hmm. I'm so afraid of the fire um but uh 
One of the main things that affected me is I get really afraid that people are going to die because um, I think the reason why it affected me so much is because I had been in a car accident like four days before it happened. Wow. Somebody else was driving. Uh. And I was in a, I was had a seatbelt on and the, the girl next to me did not. And she got a concussion and like broke her nose. Uh. And I just got some like pain in my rib. Right. But it still really was really scary. So now I'm like a little. So I think that like apparently uh. PTSD actually forms when two very traumatic things happen uh. consecutively or close right. together so that's what happened right. so i have a very like oh my god life is very precious so i feel so bad like i drive my uh loved ones crazy sometimes I'm like you have to let me know when you get to this thing. i'm like my mother now and do you way. think yeah do you think it's some of that too like maybe that kind of awareness of like where people are all about, the time it taught me about my mother for sure it made me feel a lot more empathy for her um, and the, that anxiety has made me mad, but now I kind of get where it comes from. Right. Uh, it sounds like you have an understanding of it. Yeah. And, uh, but like when it first happened, I would do crazy things. Like my boyfriend on the farm would be like, I'm going to go to the office and do some work for an hour. And then I went, then he'd be gone two hours and I would, I was allowed to be naked on the farm, but I'd be running around the farm naked in the freezing cold because anybody's seen him? Has anybody seen him? And nobody's seen him. And then it turns out he's just like in this like little room, like doing some work, and he's gone. He's like, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "I thought you were dead." Like, I don't know. Like, I was. Ha- I have these irrational, like someone's dead stuff, or like someone's gonna die. Like, I always, like, if my partner goes away to Texas, I'm like, "Oh, you're gonna die on the plane." Crash. Like a There's separation no, anxiety. Yeah. I think yeah, probably some of that. Probably some of that is just a, an an accident of. You're right. I agree with those two incidences occurring at the same time, mm-hmm. and then some of it is probably just hearing your mother's voice. Yeah, that's that's that doesn't sound. It sounds like kind of um the kind of thing that's cognitive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you have an awareness of it. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely have an awareness. Yeah, of that's it. tough. But I also think it's sensible. I think that like living on communes, you could like wind up with some dangerous people. No. Oh yeah, I mean, there there people are. Uh, I mean, the place I live is like you know actually a lot of people would refrain from calling it a hippie commune. You know, there's like people who have like are very political and live on a farm. Um, so I think that now they're much more careful. I was visiting, I visited there for New Year's and they were all telling me about like this guy that they made leave. And I was like, that sounds like the guy with the house on fire. And they were like, yep, that's what a lot of people said. So they're, uh, they're everyone much, learned something. They're much faster to get rid of that, which is also bad because it develops, uh, for a little while, the farm had a sense, not the farm. I did not live on the farm. The farm is mm-hmm. a famous commune, yeah, right. see, which is not a, actually like really a commune anymore. But, um, uh, yeah, there was a sense of xenophobia for a while, and that's why I left. Also, that's what the reason I realized I didn't trust people, like new people. I was like kind of mean because I just because I didn't trust them. So I, I had to get off the farm to be able to like new people again. Mm-hmm. So were you like that before the fire? Before this no, guy, I was so like, "Hello, welcome." So you were like like the opposite of that. You were like completely trusting. I mean, not completely, but I was very, like, open give it open, and, like, if someone seemed a little weird, I was like, well, I hitchhiked with the guy who thought people were, that Jesus was talking to him through other people, and he never hurt me. So you didn't think that people could, you didn't expect people to hurt you, and now you see that they could? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so. You never got saw that when you were a kid. Were you were you protected? I mean, I was. I was. You know, I was aware something bad could happen, but I was like way less. Like now, I would like go to somebody's house and not think about it, and like go home with some guy, and like 
I mm-hmm. don't really That's do. probably partly life experience. Yeah, I don't really do that so, anymore so unless you, I know somebody in common. So you're and, 24 and you have like um, a lot of skills and a lot going on in your head. Yep. And I'm just like wondering what kind of, do you think about the future much or do yes. you have, what do you think? So I'm either going to write a TV show about that's like half commune hippie life, half stripper life and showing how that intense feminism works. I'm a stripper also to like show, I don't know, this is show the juxtaposition of those two. And uh-huh. as a comedy or, or as a, a serious, a little bit of both, I think uh-huh. like a dramedy, but it's just supposed to be like an interesting perspective on like the politics of gender that exists. But there's also like a lot. It's hard. It, it's really interesting to like live in a commune and see how people like want to be ultra feminist, but how gender role, gender stuff from the outside world gets carried over. And I don't know. I just want to compare a lot of topics, it, but using mm-hmm. strip club and communes. They're both two things I've experienced. People constantly want to know about. Be like, what was that like? What was that like? So to show them next to mm-hmm. each other can be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that or I got to write a book of some kind. I, I love writing. I've written a couple plays that I haven't published mm-hmm. or anything, but uh. Mm-hmm. I perform all the time. I'm yeah. starting this new musical project called Stonewall Street. Mm. Uh, that's about uh, like a lot of political songs. Like I have a song called Libertarians Eat Liberty for Breakfast. Um, <laughs> and another one called I Married a Reptilian. Uh, so, yeah. And I my, my partner, his name's Freeze Frame. He's a rapper. Uh, he's doing the guitar part for me in the back because he's, oh, like, nice. he's very talented. Freezeframe.bandcamp.com. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah. Shout so, out. Shout out. So I'm doing that, and I'm – he was doing stand-up for a little while. I don't really like stand-up that much. I do performance art. I perform at Circus of Dreams uh-huh. pretty much. Right, every, at Bazaar. I performed last night. did a really intense uh-huh. anti-Zionist act as a Jew. Um mm-hmm. And that's I, a great that's a great place. That's a great show. Uh, Circus of Dreams. I love Circus of Dreams. Um, first Wednesday of every month. First Wednesday. Okay. Yeah, twelve Jefferson Street. Uh, but I'm also there's a part of me that wants to go to back to school and get a bachelor's degree in public, uh, not public, in uh, political science, and then go to law school because I think yeah. I, I, I would make a vicious civil rights lawyer. I think you would too. I'm going to vote for that. And I or I want to run for city council, but I don't like the systems, and I don't know if I believe. Yeah, many. I mean, I have to tell you, I'm really cynical about um, making a career as a creative person completely yeah like what about money what like what's your what do you I mean think? i'm a stripper i probably can't do that forever um i had somebody on here who had been a stripper and yeah it does you do age out of it yeah <laughs> i mean i could probably do it till i'm about 30 because i think i could pass for a while yeah you know, probably till 35 yeah but i either it's either that or beauty school so I either oh, have, wow. I either have to go to law school really soon within the next year or the next couple months mm-hmm. or go to school get a bachelor's degree. Or and I would I would also be interested in if I I think if I got a degree in public in uh political science, I could work for like a non for profit and not make a lot of money, but I could probably work for some sort of mm-hmm. you know, like helping charity mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um but I could um I, the plan is if I don't do the law school thing within the next five years or so, I'll go. I'll get a hair school, and then you know I'll be able to get a job at a salon. And I'm, right. I, mean, I do my own hair. I'm pretty right, which oh, is pretty cool. Yeah. So, are you good at getting things done? Getting the things done you want to no. get done. That's a bit of a problem. I mean, I'm good at something. I'm. Good, I mean, I'm, I can. If I have like a deadline, I'm good at stuff. And I don't like. Mm-hmm. I'm having a really hard time focusing and writing this show. Like I have the TV show, and I think I have like gold in terms of like how I want to arrange it. Mm-hmm. But I'm having a really you know. Hard I have time to say, from it. from talking to you, your mind sounds like it's racing. Yeah, I'm a little manic. I have a lot of thoughts. I have like I, I came up with like an entire act like 
yesterday and made like a whole thing. I come up with this stuff like really fast. Yeah. And I don't always have the means to act on it in the moment. Right. So focus. Yeah. Focus and discipline. I mean, I That's a hard part, right? I literally, like, I also have plans to buy, like, this, like, veggie oil run school bus that my, oh my friend God. has. And I have the means to buy it. I'm going to go on tour in the summer with my boyfriend and my other friend. So that probably is, like, the soonest thing that I'm doing that's going to be a real thing mm-hmm. that I can feasibly do. Like, I have a certain amount of money saved up. He's going to cut me a deal because he knows me. Mm-hmm. He's commune friend. So... So I'm hearing, this is what I'm hearing, um, is that, um, (laughs) no, I mean, I, I think you're, you know, you're a force of nature, a powerhouse, um, and like incredibly capable. I mean, you have so, so much energy and so many ideas that, that, that is, as I say, we all have charms and downfalls. The thing that concerns that I'm most concerned about for you, um, is the ability to pick one to focus and mm-hmm. harness all that energy. So and I quit cigarettes a month ago. So wow. that's good. So that that's my and first I mean step. you're you're young and you've already accomplished a lot. So like let's you know let's get this all in perspective. And I haven't smoked weed in two days. But that's I take excellent. A break. I, use, I smoke weed like every day. That's a problem. Uh, well, you know. Um, so what is there something that you feel like sticks out the most? I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to like write a TV show, but I also think that that being a lawyer would be more rewarding and probably help more people. Yeah. Well, actually, maybe it also sounds like you might be good in a in a situation where there were boundaries and, like you said, you need a deadline and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were in school, do you think you would be able to? You know that would help. You haven't been interested. You've you have not done well in school previously. Yeah, right? but I think I would now. Yeah. So I mean, yes. Yeah. So maybe like when I, I'm wondering if you know if you you were just strong willed and rebellious, so you haven't had to, you know, really focus on one particular thing. I mean, but getting like even doing your radio show that must be an accomplishment there, right? Yeah. Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. Like organizing all that. I mean, you're capable, more than capable. Yeah, I'm capable, and I, I'm, I also, but but I think I really need, but I don't know how to find someone who'd actually be interested in doing this. Is I need a writing partner who's gonna be like be creative with me and bounce ideas off of me, but it's primarily going to be the organized one who's going to help me type, set me deadlines, like be the bitch. But I don't know if anybody would, oh. ever, would ever want to do that. But it's like, I don't know if that, but they would, if I ever got it produced, they would get paid and they'd get oh, writing. Oh man. No, but look at what you're saying, what you're saying. But see, like, I mean, you know, uh, I think that, that what, what I'm, is this possible? What what I'm hearing from that is that you're saying that you want to get the stuff done, but you don't feel like you believe that you have the cap- capability of being being the um, the solo the the boundary person. I mean, I could be a boundary. I could do it, but I do. I just think that I think like a lot of these shows, somebody wrote it with somebody else, and right. I don't know. I just think that like. If I could find someone else who like understood what I was talking about and would be my writing partner and would like be interested in helping me with that, I would love them forever. You can email me at tuk t o o k at Radio Free Brooklyn if you have any interest in that. But but <laughs> don't you think part of having a writing partner? I mean, who's gonna like? Don't people usually want to get something out of it for themselves? 
I mean, yeah. I mean, cre- I mean if you're going to get a creative person, that they're, they're going to want to have, they're going to, it would be a mutual vision, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that I have, like, the original concept, and we could definitely, like, share. I mean, as long as they were, like, down with the original vision and would help me, like, write it and help me put together. Like, they, if they wanted to throw in ideas, that would be, like, totally cool. I'd be down. And also, mm-hmm. I'd be interested in someone, preferably, like, another woman. But a guy, a guy could work, too. But, um... If they wanted, if they were like a performer like me, I mean, I was writing the original role for myself, but there would be, they could also, we could also have a role for them mm-hmm. so that they'd be like helping, they would have to be the more organized one, the one who was like better at like organizing stuff, mm-hmm. but also, I'm saying like, I would be like the raw and they would be like, yeah, that's what, yeah, I mean, I think that that's. I mean, it might, it might not. I mean, I yeah. no, a I, crazy. no, no, it's just that I think that's the fun part. That's what everybody that's what we all want, I think. But I mean, if I had the money, I would totally pay someone to do yes, that. Yes, yes, the money to pay somebody. So, um, but you're so. But are things oh. pretty good now? Yeah, they are. Oh, but if somebody ever did that with me, they would. And I ever got money from it, they would obviously get paid. Right, yeah, right. And that would be like the deal. Right. Have you done anything with television? Well, you were. No. Were you? You weren't. I know producers. Were, I know people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Have you written anything on it? Like a treatment of it to I have, get somebody interested. I have um, the draft of two episodes and a half. Mm. I just need to edit oh. them and like revise. So I have like some work, and I have like mm-hmm. outlines, and mm-hmm. I have characters. Like I have stuff mm-hmm. on it. Like it's just not mm-hmm. like really cohesive or anything really complete yet. Right, right, right. So we only have eight minutes left. Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, mention that you're working on, or? Should how are how are things in your personal life? Um, my personal life is pretty great. I'm like freaked out with the political climate and everything, but I have like a, a great partner. I have some really nice mm-hmm. friends. I perform a lot. Like mm-hmm. there's really like nothing really wrong in my personal life. Um, That's good. Money's fine. I'm actually almost too good. It's weird, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, knock on wood. Take yeah. take note of it. Yeah, but uh, and I take mean, note of all the things that you've done to get there, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's been a, it's a bit of long run with all the trauma and all the crap. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I guess mostly what's happening is uh, my show, What Would Save the World. It's on every Wednesday mm-hmm. from three to four p.m. on Radio mm-hmm. Free Brooklyn. Uh, if any, I gave my email before. It's a uh, took at radiofreebrooklyn.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get If mm-hmm. anybody ever, ever wants to come on and talk politics, I'm very open to pretty mm-hmm. much anybody coming on there. Or we could just listen. Um, yeah, it's a great show. It's a great show. We could probably have um, a whole session with you again on polyamory because oh. it's an interesting topic. And I mean, I'd like to get, we don't have time, obviously, but I'd like to talk to you more about that because I know that you are p- polyamorous, right? polyglamorous polyglamorous so you have a boyfriend how long have you been with him uh, almost six months and but you ha- guys have an open relationship he's right? not really interested in sleeping with anybody else but i've slept with other people since we've been together and he's fine and he's nice to them and it's all fine has he ever been polyamorous i'm like his first serious relationship he's very sweet mm-hmm. very gentle little soul i love you i probably might be so how did, right now but what's Hi, it like freeze. yeah but what's it like like so you've slept with other people while you've been dating him right and he's cool with it but do you feel like he's upset or i mean he's not mad he's he we, he's known from the very beginning i said no no i mean i mean we're 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 you know there's no judgment here i mean it's totally cool with you him whatever but does does it upset him do you think how do you think he feels um, how do you feel 
How do you feel? You just tell him. I feel slightly insecure, but I think that he, I've like, you know, I think. You obviously like the guy. Yeah, I don't really know exactly how he feels. I think he wants to, he doesn't want it to fuck up the relationship. He like loves the crap out of me and I love the crap out of him. And I think he, he said very early on, like, I don't want to like change you. Like, I'm not going to like try to make you. That's so cool. Yeah, it is cool. He's very cool, dude. (laughs) Freezeframe.bandcamp.com. I'm trying to think if I have anything else to promote. I can't really think of anything right now. No, that is, that is, that is, that is, uh, so, I mean, uh, I just think that um, I'm just, you know, wondering, like, if, I mean, even though you both agree to that, I wonder, because I guess I think that, like, in a certain way, I think polyamory, even though, like, I think it makes a lot of sense with, you know, human nature, I think it's a hard, it's a hard call in our society. It can be. Um Depends on who you are. I've had a lot of experience. I've been very, very yes. jealous in the past. I've been very terrible in the past. And it ruined relationships. And now I'm very, uh, I'm very like, I'm like, I'm like, fuck whoever you want. I'm like, do you ever want to see with anybody? He's like, no. But I'm like, you can, you know. And if I ever think a girl's hitting on him, I'm so into it. But like, do you, do you do you like that he doesn't want to sleep with anyone else? Um, How does that make you feel? It makes me feel special, but it makes me feel weird because I'm worried that he won't be happy if I ever start seriously dating someone else at the same time because I. I, I I am concerned about his well being, like because I love him and I want him right. to feel good. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I would love him about. to have that experience, but he he's not there yet. He doesn't really. He said he he hasn't had a lot of relationships. It's not really something that he's like really like focused on. He's very much focused yeah. on his art. So right. I think in that sense it'll be fine. Like he's kind of dating me and his art. So like, I feel like if I started dating somebody else seriously, he would probably fall back on his art and be, like, concerned. But, like, mm-hmm. he did express worry that he would be phased out, which is just not the case. Mm. Well, it's only been six months, but do you ever... Um, I wonder if it's possible that, like, sometimes you think that, like, it's good to have other options because you're much less likely to get hurt by putting your no, eggs in one basket? No, that's not what it is. Um, no, I've mostly mm-hmm. been just dating him. It's just... I mean, like, if I only slept with him for the next six months, and that's just the way it worked mm-hmm. out, that'd be fine. It's just not it's not even about sex. It's just wanting to be open to other experiences and not right. feeling closed off. And, like, right. sometimes you meet somebody else who's, like, a really good match with you in, like, a lot of ways, and you mm-hmm. don't want to limit it at, you know, mm-hmm. oh, we can't be sexually. I don't think it's, like, fair to put limitations on other people's, um, like, ultimate relationship mm-hmm. or peak of mm-hmm. a relationship. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's part of it. Right, so it's more like you just don't like the idea of ha- not having any, not like having super, it's like like I want the freedom. Yeah, so superficially, in a way, having your options closed off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I don't like that. I think that's weird and control. Actually, I mean, I don't think I think if two people really, really, really want to be monogamous, that's great. But I think sometimes people pressure each other into it, and I think that's abusive. Mm-hmm. No, I can. Yeah, using uh, using your emotions to manipulate others wasn't. Didn't you talk about that on your show? I Probably. think it's a really excellent point. We shouldn't we shouldn't do that. But I wonder at some point you're you know I mean there's also like sacrifices we make to be with other people too. Yeah, no. You I know, I, I don't want anybody to sacrifice shit for me. I don't like that. I don't like that. I think well, they, like, I think that's like sadistic thinking. It's no, like, no, but I no, think. No, I think that's based in like Christianity and weird shit. No, I don't even mean sexually. I mean, in all sorts of ways. I mean, if I you, as a parent, you know, parents sacrifice a lot, right? Except, yeah. I don't know, like, I'm not somebody who really ever wanted, like, don't get me started on motherhood, especially, like, the idea of it sounds 
like all sacrifice. So I'm not the right person to talk to about that's that. Not, that's not a... And I don't like the idea of, I just, you know, I guess it's taking care of other people, making sure, like you have to But why would that be a stuff. sacrifice? I think that's weird. Like, you know, if I take care of my boyfriend when he's sick, that's not like a sacrifice. Yeah. That's no, a I'm love. saying, so there might be a time where like one guy, you like another guy and he wants you to go on a trip, but then your boyfriend will be upset. So you might not want to hurt him or something um, like that I, I think that that would that that, that that's that would be a combo but see like i would not do what i didn't want to do i would i wouldn't do that yeah I right so you see it as your choice which it is ultimately because yeah. we choose to be monogamous or we choose to lie about it and then that's his choice if he wants to really like try to mm-hmm. form, but he's not the type to do that and that's why dr lisa gives a shit dr lisa gives a shit dr lisa gives a shit about 